Hey y'all, welcome to Ain't No Such Thing, where we tell original southern horror stories. My name is Amanda, and boy have I got a good one for you. Kid Gloves Tarika prowled the labyrinthine stacks of the grocery store with a panther's gait, wary of minotaur kidnappers at every turn. Her mama left a dollar with her for a pack of Benson and Hedges 100s while she shopped next door at the Super 5 and 10. But this market, actually named No Frills, only carried brandless foodstuffs in plain black and white wrappers with block lettering that betrayed only what lay within. Green beans, mashed potato flakes, cream of celery soup. No logos, no mascots, no outrageous claims of hyperbolic quality. Just aisle after blank aisle of lifeless, communist efficiency intended to save cents on the dollar. Tarika easily imagined herself in a first-season episode of The Twilight Zone and feared just that thought might doom her to haunt these color-bled shelves for all eternity. But her quest for Mama's cigarettes failed. No Rod Serling heralded force barred her exit from the ironically frillish automatic door into the parking lot. There waited the traveling carnival Mama forbade her from entering when they left the car. A tilt-a-whirl twisted, dizzied families across its wobbling disc. The UFO-esque Gravitron spun teenagers within into centrifugal anti-gravity for three glorious minutes. A kid's roller coaster, cresting at no more than six feet, elicited panicked cries from a toddler. At age nine, Tarika was beyond such things. She longed for games of skill and scanned the attractions for satisfaction. At the left edge of the dingy assemblage lurked three covered stalls, each with a $1 sign prominently displayed at the roof. A baseball throw, an air gun shooter, and a ring toss, the kind with circling rubber duckies at your mercy. Mama's dollar bill caressed Tarika's finger pads within her pocket, aching to escape. She looked to the still doors of the Super 5 and 10, no sign of Mama. So she wished herself invisible, hunched her tiny shoulders, and marched into the scant crowd milling amongst the clanging metal, sweat-tinged fabrics, and din of laughter. The motley set of maybe twelve rides felt like six flags over Georgia to someone so small, whose world rarely extended past the boundaries of Whistler, Alabama. Heck, Mama only took her to Mobile during Mardi Gras season or when they had to go to court. A trail of excuse-me's followed in Tarika's wake as she navigated what she mapped as the long way around to the ring toss booth. A bold strategy that would take Mama that much longer to track her down. The soft, compressed air thuds of the shooting gallery sang out as she drew close, and she ducked her head to buy a few precious extra seconds before being discovered. She hustled along amongst the towering grown-ups until she heard the barker from the booth, Three rings, one dollar, throw a winner, the greasy-faced man elocuted from his perch on the half-wall of the booth. Tarika approached him wordlessly, the dollar for smoke straightened at full extension from her thumb and forefinger. Well, hello there, young lady, and welcome, he said with a black-toothed grin. That's three rings for you. And he slid three thin metal rings, each perhaps three inches across, into her upturned palm. They were cold to the touch, hard in her grip, like a weapon. Her weapon. You may fire when ready, mademoiselle, cried the barker. From her position on tiptoes, Tarika looked down onto a tin-lined pool crammed full with faded and filthy yellow rubber duckies, 
many with painted eyes either totally or partially rubbed away. The hum of some machine thrummed beneath the pool and pushed the duckies along in a slow-motion vortex. Moving targets, all packed tightly together to use adjacent heads to deflect narrow rings dropping onto those of their neighbors. Tarika scanned the pool for a ducky alone, momentarily ostracized from her brethren, but hungry to be wrung. There at the back left, a mottled target trekked backward among the rest, with a small break of water between it and its nearest co-swimmer. She tossed too hastily, and the ring careened off the ducky behind the intended, but pushed that one further away. She stuck out the tip of her tongue, focused, and tossed again, this time with more arc on the throat. The ring hovered a second at its apex, then dropped straight down onto the neck of her chosen ducky without even touching the bill. Winner! cried the barker, and he snatched down a prize, one of the big ones. In her exhilaration, Tarika didn't consider that she wasn't given a choice in her winnings. Her heart fluttered throughout her chest and breaths came beautifully shallow as she pulled the stuffed thing from the barker's offering hands with a muttered and trailing, Thank you. She hugged the soft fabric and faux hair to her as her legs went on autopilot back to the car to show Mama what she had won in hopes that pride would overrule the coming anger for having no cigarettes and no dollar bill to pay for them. The driver's side door of the rust-green 1973 Ford Maverick was ajar, and a column of smoke wafted from Mama's last cigarette and through the gap toward the glaring afternoon sun. Mama's left pump was on the pavement and at the ready when Tarika drew within eyesight. A pivot and a push and Mama was upon her. Where the hell have you been? Mama blasted. I've been out here in the heat for ten damn minutes. I, um, Tarika tried. And what in creation is that monstrosity? And who gave it to you? Ain't I told you about strangers? I want it. Tarika tried again. Want it? Mama considered the implications, pointed and spat. You went in there to that fair? After I told you not to. And she snatched the prize from Tarika's embrace, held it aloft upside down by one foot. The face of what she had won grinned through sharp, sharp teeth at her then. It was a squat little clown, with white circles over eyes and mouth and corpse gray skin all beneath twin tufts of day-glow green hair on opposite sides of that oblong noggin. Its costume was a unitard of horizontal green and yellow stripes sealed at the neck by a frilly millstone collar of pink-tinged white. The white gloves were filthy, and the shoes were flecked with mud, as though the overlarge toy somehow plodded about the carnival, meddling of its own volition. Mama was taken in the horrid look of the thing, too, her face stretched in coming rage. Tell me you did not spend my cigarette money on this damn nightmare. Mama, I won it throwing rings. I won something. Tarika tried a final time. And I guess I won no cigarettes for a day. Mama yelled in front of God and everybody and hurled the clown into the passenger seat of the Maverick. She clutched Tarika under an arm and snatched her toward the car in the same motion. That was my last dollar, you little brat, and it was not meant for you. Tarika moved with Mama's swinging arm in a now familiar arc and left tumbled over the middle console and between the bucket seats into the back of the car. Her knee scraped the textured vinyl for a burning strawberry, but she kept quiet. Lips curled taut, Mama lifted the clown up by its neck, squeezing to crush even so soft a thing. She regarded it for a moment with quivering nostrils, 
then ripped at its left shoe with the opposite hand, easily amputating it from its poorly stitched perch on that stumpy leg. A slight pause as she considered the ease of that violence presaged three identical strikes on the remaining shoe and gloves, all thrown in the passenger floorboard, all discarded in front as Tarika was in the back. When the deed was done, what remained of the digitless clown sailed silently into the back seat on the waves of Mama's guttural growl of tobacco-deprived fury. He bounced off the hot seat back and into Tarika's arms, and they whimpered quietly together all the way home. Tarika counted to a hundred after Mama slammed the car door before even thinking about exiting the hot vehicle. She gathered the feet and hands of her new clown and rolled them into her shirt like a basket, tucked Mr. Clown beneath one arm and snuck around through the fallen fence gate to the back door. Mama never locked it, said they didn't have anything worth stealing anyway. A silent nudge allowed her in and she escaped notice down the hall to her bedroom as Mama yelled into the kitchen phone, trying to coerce her sister to drop off a pack. Even Winston's would do, she conceded. It was that bad. Fear and worry were exhausting. Tarika arranged the detached gloves and shoes neatly on her bed, then laid down on the felt towel beside it, clutched her clown to her, and succumbed to a nap. She woke to the dark, her face plastered by drool to cold hardwood. There was no noise in the house, not even the TV Mommy usually blasted at max volume. Tarika teetered up to a slouch, rubbed the sticky from her cheek, and squinted uselessly into the blackness. Memory pulled her up into the light switch, and it blazed on with criminal brilliance. Beneath her shielding forearm, she scanned for the clown, but it wasn't there. Mama. Tarika huffed breaths of exasperation, stalked into the dim hallway, resolved, hell or high water, to reclaim her prize. She earned it, and nobody was taking it from her. Mama's room was a void of terrifying night silence the kind that made her ears ring a flat-lined tone to fill the empty. She waited a moment for her eyes to adjust before stepping inside, felt her way through the hanging beads across the doorway to the bedside table just beyond. Feathery fingers played across its ash-ridden surface until, there it was, Mama's lighter. A seasoned flick of the wheel and that familiar red lick brought with it a slender globe of welcome illumination. Within its light, Tarika saw by the lamp an ornate glass bottle whose gaudy design spoke alcohol, but at a glance. That explained the TV being off for once, and the early bedtime. The cigarette shortage hit her harder than expected, Tarika supposed. A motion in the shadows across the room interrupted her consideration of Mama's sedation, and she shifted the lighter's flame to find its source. Her elbow caught the liquor bottle as she turned and pulled it over with a clatter, and then Mama was up. She rolled over and put her feet to the floor in one groggy motion. The hell you doing, Rika? Mama drawled, fingers deep massaging her forehead. I need some damn sleep. The somnolescent fog dissolved quickly to blame, but the hateful words melted too beneath the discovery of the clown, gloves and shoes attached propped whole against Mama's pillows adjacent to her spot on the bed. It grinned its toothy, lifeless grin at Tarika. She tried to point at the thing, but lifted the lighter too close to Mama and had it slapped from her hand. The light fled back inside the lighter's chamber. You trying to burn me up, girl? 
Mama stood then yelling, just like your daddy, stealing from me, lying to me, and then turning on me the minute I closed my damn eyes. Mama, Sharika tried retreating from the enraged parent. If not from the clown, she swore she saw advance behind her. Don't you mama me, I... <gasps> Mama gasped in mid-rebuke, her throttled accusation supplanted by a shrill and wending cackle. The clown was on her back, its right glove at her throat and pinching hard at her larynx, too small to encircle any length of even her dainty throat. She grasped at the felt fist but could not budge it and couldn't breathe. Tarika panicked. Let her go! She screamed at her prize. She's just sad and lonely. She's still my mama. The clown giggled loudly, dropped to the floor, that right glove still attached like a clamp to mama's vein-ridden bluish neck. It scooped the lighter off the floor en route to face Tarika, silenced its laughter to a barely contained snicker when face to face with her before throwing its arms into the air, flicking the lighter on, spinning about on a single stationary foot, and cheering, rah, rah, rah. And it stopped its twirl right before Tarika's face and whispered, run. Mama dropped to her knees in asphyxia just as the clown blew a winking kiss at the lighter and ballooned its flame to a fireball six feet across. The burning orb hovered there a split second awaiting Tarika's retreat. The clown nodded her out of the room, then whistled softly four familiar tones. And the fireball exploded to incinerate the four corners of the bedroom as Tarika tore down the hall away from the burning. No fire crossed that threshold, and nothing else was hurt, and Tarika knew it was not her fault. The firemen came soon, and they called Grandma Tisha to look after her. Tarika hadn't seen Grandma Tisha in years. Mama was mad at her, too, but Grandma Tisha loved Tarika, and they missed each other. When she arrived, tears in her eyes, she gathered Tarika to her and gave a kiss to her, and one to the clown in her arms. You've been listening to Ain't No Such Thing, Kid Gloves, written by Kevin Laporte, narrated and produced by Amanda Rachels. So this is a bit of a crossover story for us. If you're familiar with any of our work outside of this podcast, then you'll know that Kevin and I produce a comic book called Vicious Circus, and this story is a visit with one of our favorite characters in that book. If creepy clowns strike your fancy and you'd like to get a copy of this book for yourself, then you can visit us at inversepress.com to pick up a copy, or you can join us on our very special 10th anniversary Kickstarter starting Sunday, August 8th at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time and running through Sunday, August 23rd. The clowns take a special pleasure in meeting out justice against those who harm children. So it's a story that's very dear to my heart. <laughs> I hope you'll take a closer look at it and enjoy some of the work that Kevin and I have been putting out over the years. If you've enjoyed this and you want to listen to more Ain't No Such Thing, well, you need to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be providing you with our original stories as well as some deep dives on some legends, both famous, not so famous, and infamous. We also hope you join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Ain't No Such Thing. We'd love to hear from you there. We're also on Patreon and YouTube, so there should be something for everybody. 
We hope you're all keeping safe and taking care of yourselves. And can't wait to share another creepy story with you. So thanks again for listening. And I'm going to be back with another one for you real soon.